Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are here with us today as we talk about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host are practicing financial advisors. With clients, we've been doing this for thirty, a long 30 time. plus years, <laughs> long time as uh, advisors. So, the reason we state that is, we uh, we're practicing. We meet with real people. It's not theoretical. It is practical, and you know, it's interesting. I had a uh, uh, I had a, co- a conversation with uh, one of our advisors who she got in the business right after the um, Great Recession, right? So maybe the last decade, a little more than 10 years, but she hasn't lived through a prolonged bear market. Yes. She's 40-ish or so. So her view of the world. She knows that, right? Which is good. Yeah, so which is one of the reasons we were having a conversation. And and I said, there's nothing like living through those experiences um, to, to grow and to learn. There's nothing like personal experience for an education as opposed to reading a textbook. Yes. Well, this is a... I read the Wall Street Journal, I would say, almost every day. I do um, as well. Which is interesting now, uh, on the on the West Coast, you can read tomorrow's Wall Street Journal around midnight. Yeah, but they I, if you have the other app, you can just read the all, articles all as the As they post, like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, or the uh, website. Right. So uh, I always read these, like, six things uh, a person should do. And I'm like, everyone knows that. <laughs> everyone knows what they should do. It's the psychology. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Move more, eat less. Right. Let me write that down. Okay. Right. It's and then I always think these lists are almost useless unless unless the lists are how do you how do you create an environment around you with a support group, etc. New disciplines. What are the ways to have these new disciplines? That's right. And That's I tell right. you, we're seeing it now in the markets. The volatility we've had this year. We finished uh, uh, month of January. The S and P was down about five percent or so. The Nasdaq was off much more than that. But some of these individual tech companies, oh, just hammered. And so we are recording this um, on Thursday. Show that airs Saturday. So anything but, can happen tomorrow, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but just a, two two companies that paying attention to today facebook okay facebook meta i guess they call them meta. meta now comes out with their earnings and and you the number of users daily users has declined and actually scott i get it the meta everything time i hear that i think of a ron artest with a meta world piece wasn't he the one that changed his <laughs> the basketball player <laughs> yes <laughs> okay. okay totally different i know but i don't know why anyway so they obviously took that name from uh ron artest. oh yeah of course <laughs> okay uh, but their stock got was down twenty six percent on Thursday. Their stock in the is it was about two hundred forty bucks or so on Thursday. It's high in the last year was three eighty four. Wow, that means someone traded at three eighty four. Someone chose to sell and someone chose to buy. Twitter around thirty five bucks on Thursday. In the last fifty two week high eighty. So we're we're down sixty percent. Just hammered, uh, hammered, absolute. What do you think of the crypto? What do you think with all the? Let me just finish my. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Finish. I thought you were. Here's what I find interesting, and I don't want to get into the debate of the deep platform misinformation, disinformation, whether we should do it, shouldn't do it. Neil Young, Joe Rogan, <laughs> kind of an interesting week, right? <laughs> now Crosby stills Nash. But yeah. they split up, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young split up, and now they actually got back together to, to go get Spotify. Well, Neil Young does have his own kind of streaming thing he wants people to subscribe to. So there might have been a commercial interest in it. But my point is, when these, if you go back further, when uh, Facebook and Twitter start deplatforming people, these other, other type of uh, channels have opened up. Getter and these other types of things, there's different platforms. So you get kicked off Twitter... Because they don't like what you're saying about COVID or don't like what you're saying about 
wokeism or whatever it might be of the day, it, it just creates these other platforms. You got Substack and all these other independent different mediums. And I'm kind of thinking, this is what happens when you kick off your users, you fire your customers, right? If you've got a Facebook account that gets shut down because you are part of QAnon or whatever you're part yeah, of. Yeah, I obviously uh, want people to hear my voice, so I'm going to find a different vehicle in order. Because the only reason you get kicked down out of these things is because you've got a loud voice. They don't throw people off that aren't. If comedy. you have three listeners, I mean, if you have three listeners, you're probably not going to get booted. Yeah, and if you're if what you're saying is controversial, you're going to draw a big crowd. So then they kick me off, and then I'm still going to yell somewhere, right? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly <laughs> it. So I find it just kind of fascinating. They are causing their own problem. Got it. I don't follow the. Um, I haven't been following the Twitter and these social media stocks like you have. I haven't followed them that closely until I saw the news last night on uh, Facebook. And then I'm like, well, that's, and I started doing a little more research and started looking back and when they started really coming down on people and kicking people off. And That is interesting. Yeah. Anyway. But you look at Google. So you're looking at these major Facebook, Google, a couple of major tech companies. They're still right near their 52-week high. They've not been yanked down like some of these other tech stocks. They don't really have an open forum for people to scream. No, and they're... Revenue is mind-boggling how yeah, much money they crazy. Mind-boggling how much money that, uh, I don't know. I just find this. All right. What do you think of, of the cryptos and all the money flowing into the to, to the platforms? Oh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> no, no. I, I think everyone should have at least 30% of the retirement. And, <laughs> no, <laughs> disclaimer. That's, that's sarcasm. I don't, I still don't understand it. Don't, please don't call and tell me how it works. I, like, I, I, I. I understand from an intellectual basis how these were formed, how they trade. I have somewhat of an understanding of the blockchain. I just don't understand the intrinsic value. And neither do I. I, I just don't. Look, it's like anything else. We can all decide that this pen sitting in my hand is worth something. It has some intrinsic value. but Particularly if you need a pen. If you need a pen. You don't need a pen. Yeah, because there's, there's not enough currencies in the world. We need to create more. And how many cryptos are there now? Oh, last time, I, we talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago, like 1,700 or 7,000 or some. Anyway. I just, I, I, I find, I, what is this kind of route in the market right now, I see really healthy. Because if you go back a year, it was really about a year ago, all these meme stocks, GameStop and all that stuff, and these prices going through the roof, and you're kind of scratching your head, and you think, this is not going to end well for people, by and large. Yes. And Robinhood, the um, trading app the, where you can trade for free, it's all gamified. I don't know when trading became investing, because studies have shown the more trade you do per year, the lower your returns are, not higher. But Facebook went public last year. I mean, sorry. Robinhood went public last year at 38 bucks a share. It went up to $85 a share. Yes. Worth billions. Today, it's around $15 a share. Wow. Down 82% from its peak, down 60% from its IPO. And the problem with, amazing? And their whole income revenue base is, is based on order flow, which... And options. Yeah. And which no one really understands order flow, Um the general public doesn't understand order flow. And every time the SEC tries to come down on order flow, um, it's, it's the, the, the there's too much the, money. Is yeah. The it, lobbyist. It, it, there's too much money. Is there is. No. It's a strange time. It is. But I find it, I, I, I mean, who knows where this rep, where this bottom is going to be in the market. We don't know. All of a sudden it was down quite a bit. We had a huge rally a week ago and it looks like, uh, this, this week has not been quite so hot, but, um, when you have a year when the S&P 500 is up almost 30%, like it was in 2021, you should expect the next year maybe not be so hot yeah, and not worry about it. It's the only time you should care about a price if you need to sell. If you don't need to sell, the great buying opportunity, maybe, doesn't. it's almost irrelevant. Over the long term. Yeah. And if you've got a 20-year time horizon, whether you invest today or wait and things are a little bit lower, it's not really going to make much difference. And remember, just because you retire doesn't mean that you're taking all your money out. 
So you you still have a long time Although I've horizon. seen people do that. I have, like the day they retire, they're like, <laughs> I've got to get. <laughs> I've seen the same. Yeah. <laughs> Both retirement and uh, inheritances. Like the, the day. The day. Yeah, anyway. If you want to be part of our program, we'd love to take your calls to be part of Allworth's Money Matters. 833-99-WORTH is the number. We're in Northern California talking with Kelly. Kelly, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, how are you doing? Wonderful. How are you, Kelly? Good, thank you. I Thank you for taking my call. I have just a few questions. I'm getting, hopefully, ready to retire at the end of the year, and I just want to run some numbers by and see if that's Great. wise or not. Okay. I, uh, my husband's already retired. He's been retired since 2012. We're both um, PERS. So and, public, a public employee retirement system, a monthly pension. Yep. And um, we do have a teenager, and... Uh, we both have, um, well, we rolled his 457 to a traditional IRA when he retired. Was he a safety a worker, firefighter, or police yes. officer? Yes, yes. Okay. So, and then, um, and of course, I've got the 457. It, what um, are the account balances on his 457 and your, or his IRA and your 457? Well, it was better about a month ago, but um, I would say 700 and 600. Okay. And his and pension, my guess is his pension was almost what his pay was before he retired. Uh, yeah, just about. I think he's at about a hundred. Okay. And mine will be about the same. Okay. And what's your what's your salary now? About one thirty-five. Okay. Okay. So by that, your take home is going to be almost the same as it's is today because you're not paying into Social Security and you're not um, contributing to retirement account. And you social security, right. and are you I, social security eligible, both of you? I, I am. Um, from years ago, it's not going to be that much. Um, and he is he's working on it right now. Um, okay. Hopefully he'll get the last quarter that he needs. Okay. So, um, but we, ha- and we have a son, of course, and he's in uh, uh, high school and then, of course, has to go to college. And we just want to be comfortable. Um, house will be paid for at the end of the year. And how how much are your monthly payments on that now that are going to be going away? Uh, three thousand. Okay. So, what's your question for us? I know, like I what's your question for so, us? My question is, uh, we are looking to once the house is paid off. Well, first of all, we hope that our what we've saved ha- will hold us through till you know for college. You're fine. Your 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 pensions are essentially replacing the paycheck with the guaranteed cost of living adjustment. You're like, fine. I don't know how you can get a better retirement than that. You're fine. Okay. Okay. I, I like that. Okay. Um, and then in addition to that, we were hoping to maybe think about getting a vacation rental. And I'm not sure if it's wise to take money out of those accounts for to pay down a mortgage on a vacation rental. How, how much would the vacation rental cost? Uh, well, I'm, we're thinking nothing more than nine. 900000 Man, yeah. those vacation homes have gone up in value so much the last couple of years. And would you actually, yeah. would you use it as a rental? Or is it? We would use it as a rental, yes. Okay. And uh, you could swing it? Um, could the, would the, typically you look at vacation homes like this, even if you rent, uh, the rent typically kind of carries, covers the cost of the home. And so if you're going to ever make any money, it's going to be through capital appreciation. And then we're pretty high up. I don't know what, no one knows what the next few years are going to be, but we certainly know prices are much higher today on those sort of homes than they were a couple of years ago. Is it wise though to take a loan out on that yes. or take money out of the- No, no, uh, a loan, a loan. Okay. And depending upon the cost of, what's the value of your home today? Uh. Probably one, three. Okay. So depending upon the cost of money and depending upon the mortgage company, they may not matter. It, they might have the same financing rate on a second home as a primary Yeah, but because resident. of the deductibility of interest on a vacation home, you should want the mortgage on the vacation that's home. Right. That's that's right. And if okay. here's the thing. You, you, so if you look at it, you've got $1.3 million in your retirement accounts. You're thinking, oh, well, that's perfect. Why don't we use the retirement account? And I actually conceptually like that idea because you've got such great pensions phenomenal pensions the challenge is that 1.3 million in the in the iras has yet to be taxed so right. if you pull 1.3 if you if you pull 900 out suddenly you're going to get a tax bill for 400 grand or something 
Yeah. So you you want to finance this. Now, in saying all that, where you choose this vacation home is really important because what we have seen across the United States and particularly in Northern California is a restriction on vacation right. rentals because of the VRBOs. So we saw it in South Lake Tahoe. Scott Hansen and I used to own a vacation rental together right. in uh, Lake Tahoe. In, we, we got rid of it a couple of years ago because we were worried about these restrictions on um, – on some They're of, more and more common across the U.S. Across the U.S., right. so just well, keep with, that in, in well, mind. Well, and with that being said, I another thought is we may not even stay in California uh, once my son figures out what he's doing. Because um, so, why do you want to buy? Why do you want to buy a vacation home? I just feel like it's a. It would be a good investment. It's not. They're not. And it's we, terrible. It's not. No, I mean, terrible. well, they're not terrible, but if we, it, we, we did okay on it, but it was all capital appreciation. You know, like I said, the only way you're going to make money on these is through capital appreciation. Uh, they, okay. uh, as far as things to invest in, uh-huh. <laughs> probably like it's not the top thing. Now, if it's something you're going to use a lot, you're going to get a lot of utility out of it. And secondly, more importantly, you can afford it. Mm-hmm. That's when it's okay. I mean, look, you have finances for a reason. You might choose. You could spend it however you want to spend your dollars, right? That's your prerogative. That's your money. Um, right. But if if you're, what grade is your son in? Uh, sophomore. So he's a sophomore. So two yeah. and a half years from now, he's going to be graduating high school. You're hoping he's going to go off to college. My guess, right? You hope that he actually. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't come back a STEM, many of you stem major something <laughs> makes a lot of money right out of college you don't have to worry about it uh, so you don't know where you're going to be what about what about just take earmarking a certain amount of money to use for renting a home for the next year to see how much you're going to use it yeah go go and rent a house for a month it's still cheaper than yeah, yeah. Uh, renting you could go down to you're calling from northern california you could go down to Santa Cruz or Monterey and rent a house for a month and stay in a house where, yeah, yeah, by yeah. the way, when you leave, you don't have to worry about anything and it's still less right. expensive. I, if, I think you shouldn't do anything. I agree with Scott until your son leaves the house. Okay. All right. Unless you buy a vacation place some now that you plan on converting to your primary residence at some point in the future. But even then, I don't know if you'd miss much in the marketplace. We have seen a run up. Right in uh, these tertiary markets because of the Zoom boom uh, that's it's been spectacular. I was up in Missoula, Montana, and they were just like, these people have got to stop coming here. You, right. you see how big Montana is? Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's but plenty of room. <laughs> they're just like, we're tired of you people coming here. It's like that show. I young- a client years ago moved to Montana. The first thing he did is change his license plate. Like the first two <laughs> days. Like, yeah. Yeah. And this Yellowstone uh, series movie, whatever series has been, t- the locals hate it because it makes Montana and Wyoming look so attractive. Well, and it does. We might even think about that. We'll see. I might be like, I could be like Kevin Costner. Okay. <laughs> Except shorter with no hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and I can't act. <laughs> anyway, just don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Take your time. It's not great from an investment. If it's something that you know you're going to use a ton, that's one thing. We, to pass, mm-hmm. but we're pretty high in the... I mean, the price, prices are pretty expensive right now. May, will they go up? like who knows? But if you look over long-term cycles, we're a lot closer to the top <laughs> than we are to the bottom. And vacation homes have fallen in the past, and they probably will fall sometime in the future. So appreciate the call. Congratulations okay. on the retirement. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate thanks, it. Kelly. Thanks, Pat, Kelly. have you seen? There's, there's. I think what's going you're going to see more of are these fractional ownership of vacation homes. A company called Picasso came out just a couple of years ago. They sell one. They buy a home and then they sell one eighth. And they've they've you're essentially it's you it's a limited partner it's actually an LLC you become a you buy a membership in the LLC and you own one eighth of the home, but there's a property management company Picasso takes and they care manage of it yeah and there's a calendaring system and they've kind of figured out the most fair way to do it and that but it gets you one eighth of the year forty five days a year or whatever most people don't stay in their own second home forty five days a year that's brilliant. And but you you actually have title to the property, title to the property, and then you hire Picasso 
to exactly manage it, it. That's exactly how it works. Kind of brilliant. And shared cost? Shared cost. They figured out at the beginning of the year what the cost is going to be for the year, and uh, everyone has a monthly allowance. So everyone has those uh, Nest apps on their phone so they see the air conditioner running too long. <laughs> all, all eight of the partners can turn the other person's off. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. I suppose <laughs> taking long showers. <laughs> My wife does it to me at home. What? I'll be at home. She doesn't know I'm at home. She turns the heater off. She'll go on her app and look at it and go, oh, what's the air conditioning you're running for? And she'll turn it off. <laughs> That's I'm like, at home. You're, I'm working Zoom, honey. <laughs> like, hey, can you leave that app alone? All right, let's continue on here. We're uh, talking with Rudy. Rudy with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, Pat and Scott. Thanks for taking the call. I think maybe that previous conversation may flow into this one. Um, I'm looking to diversify into real estate. I've, I've recently had this sold some bond funds uh, in anticipation of interest rates going up and stuff. So I'm thinking about three to four hundred thousand dollars. And the question is, is uh, whether you put it into a rental property or you just put it into a real estate investment trust. Um, I know that there are pros and cons in both. I know there's over a hundred REITs that you can invest. So if this is more of an investment as compared to a vacation home, the question surrounds, um, would you buy a rental property? And of course, you know, I'm thinking three, 400,000, probably 30,000 a year in rent, but you got a property manager. I would go to a property manager who paid a 10%. If you can get, if you can find a house for three to 400,000 and get 30 grand in rent, I would do it. Twenty five hundred a month rent. You think it's too much, then, right? You know, yeah, well, the cap- eight. That's eight percent, nine percent. I mean, yeah, it's high. Yeah, there's, the cap rates that you're quoting uh, mm-hmm. are, are high. Uh, well, okay. let's start with this: Is the money inside of an IRA or outside of an IRA? No, it's it's outside of an IRA. Um, I've got now about seven hundred fifty thousand in cash. Some of them are in S tips, mm-hmm. just because there's some money there. But you know, again, what do you have? In, what do you have in equities? Uh, about 65% equity, 35 in uh, cash and bonds. Um, I got, it's about three and a half million in equity and 2 million okay. in fixed. And have you ever oh, owned a rental property before? No. How old are you? No, I, I've moved. I'm 67. I've retired pension, social security. Wow. My wife and I are both. This will retired. not. So here's the deal. Your lifestyle is not, whether you invest this in a rental pop property a REIT or you bury it in the backyard is not going to have any impact on your lifestyle. I'm going to disagree with you, Scott. Uh, okay. Well, you know where I'm going with this. So go ahead. Oh, are you going to follow it? You can finish yes. your, your this statement. So you can choose, and, but obviously you want to be a good steward with these dollars that you have and, and not bury it in your backyard. So then let's bury it. Let's say we're looking at a real estate investment trust or an index fund of REITs versus a rental property the rental property let's assume you do one or two percent a year better on that one chunk of cash that is not the same as owning a passive investment even with a property management company because things happen the property manager might quit die whatever you got to deal with that the home gets vacant for a while the, 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 the someone the tenant leaves and tears the place apart and you have to decide upon capital improvements you're out spending the day doing whatever you want. You get a text from the property management company because you got to deal with this. You got to deal with that. How do you know all this, Scott? Because I, I own, I'm, I'm, I'm experienced. <laughs> I guess I would interpret that as saying that if, if you wanted to invest in property, you're leaning more towards a REIT or REITs or REITs. I personally have no desire fund. for any more um, uh, residential. Uh, understand. Real so if you wanted to move, move towards. Uh, if you wanted to move towards that, then yes, you would you would do it in a REIT. It, it, t- I had clients that retired. Oh, I don't know. They've been clients for 20 some odd years. Still clients. And when they retired, they had 16 rental properties. And they said, well, we're going to retire and travel and just live off these rental properties. And they did not have a property manager. Oh, my gosh. And I said, well, it's almost a full-time job. I said, you know, and his wife was working almost full-time managing okay. these properties. <laughs> right, so it was a full-time and I said, well, you're going to quit your job, but your wife who's managing the properties isn't going to retire because it, it would end up happening over the next four years. They liquidate all of them because they said, you know, we got what we wanted out of this. We were able to build our net worth. 
were tired of having to yeah. deal with this. And so they liquidated all of them over a four-year period and oh, don't own a single one now. And they said, you know, it worked for them for that period yeah. of time, but not in their retirement years. I, you know, Rudy, I think, look, there's some people that enjoy managing the property, right? There are some that give some a yeah. sense of in retirement age. Uh, yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah. But for most people at this stage in life, who can afford not to have to deal with a rental property, they don't deal with rental properties. Right. So if you want, no, if, I, you know. if you want the uh, real estate exposure, and by the way, you don't need to push it all into REITs. There, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of cash on the side. Oh, he's got cash. He's got understand, quite a bit but of he cash. was talking yeah. about investing no. the cash. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having cash, no. particularly when at a time when every other asset price seems pretty high. Right. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we can get back, we will continue with calls. 833-99-WORTH is the number. This is All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Second half of the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, before we head back, I want to let let you all know, we've got a Road to Retirement virtual workshop. Virtual just means you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Essentially, we used to have a lot of live events we started doing them again last year, and then when uh, Omicron hit and all that stuff, and we'll we'll get back to them. Um, and I know there's some people like I can care less. I'm going. And other people like, what are you out of your mind? So um, right now it's still virtual, but you'd still it's the same information. It's, it's good quality information. You're going to learn a lot. It's our virtual workshop for road to retirement. This is if if you're getting close to retirement. You're within a couple of years of retirement, three to four years of retirement, three to four months of re- towards retirement. This will clearly help you. Do we open it up for Q&A at the end? I have no idea. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Not on this one. Not on this one. Okay. okay. Uh, so it's it's for only four days, February 15th through the 19th. Yep. Virtual. They're, they're well it's attended. Five days. Five days. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Includes the 15th and the 9th. Yes. Um, you're going to register at allworthfinancial.com. Okay, allworthfinancial.com. And, and so. Uh, yeah, let's go back to calls again to join the program, 833-99-WORTH. And if you um, just listen to a podcast or whatnot and you want to um, join us as well, you can still call that same number, 833-99-WORTH. We'll schedule time. Or uh, just send us an, a note at questions at moneymatters.com. And we will schedule a time. We're in Pennsylvania talking to Diana. Diana, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I just, um, I just retired. I'm 63. Oh, congratulations! I just retired. How long, you. When you say just and, retired, um, how long has it been? Since August. And so how's how's it for me? So how's it been? Uh, what what what's different about it that that you thought from that was going to be before you retired and what surprises have you had? Like, how's this been for you? From, forget the finances. Oh it's, for been, a oh, it's been good. It's been great. I don't, I, I worked full time, full time before, and it was, um, it's pretty hectic with all the, it was all the stuff going on. I just, I didn't know whether I was ready. But I was ready. So. Okay. Oh, good all for right. you. All good right. For you. Great. I assume you called yeah. about a financial question. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have I have about a hundred and eighty thousand in in my um retirement account that I a, a, that I get a thousand dollars a month just to help help with my health insurance and stuff for that. But I have some bills to pay off and I, I didn't know whether it would be I was going to take like fifty thousand dollars out and pay off these bills and and everything, but I didn't know if that would be a good idea or not. And who are the bills to? Uh, they're to um, 
like I have a a camper and uh, like truck payments and and car payments and things like that. Got it. So, uh, do you own your home? Uh, yes. And what's the value of your home? Um, probably, probably one hundred and fifty thousand. And what do you owe on it? Um, probably. I think probably twenty. Twenty. Twenty thousand. And what's 20, the in, and what's yeah. the interest rate? It is. Um, well, I refinanced a bit ago. My husband and I did. Um, I don't have that off the okay. top okay. of my head. And is there any other money uh, outside of this money inside the IRA? No. And what income do you have coming in other than the thousand dollars a month from the IRA? Well, I have Social Security, my husband and I, and we have um, a little from our employment. Okay. And when you say you're taking $1,000 a month out now to pay for health insurance, are, is this mm-hmm. to bridge you to, to Medicare? Or is yes. this going to... Okay. And in, let's pretend that it's a couple of years from now you're on Medicare. Are you going to still need that $1,000 a month or is the plan to reduce that down? The plans to re- okay, <clears throat> good. What are your thoughts, Scott? How old's your husband? He's sixty-five and sixty-five. You're kind of cutting on in and out, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, like, well, it, here's the challenge: if you take fifty thousand out of your retirement account, it's going to be taxed as uh, just like you earned it that year. It, 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 oh, it, okay. So we we actually have some some of us anyway have some choices when it comes to our retirement of how much we're going to pay to the government and taxes, and that's just on how we treat our withdrawals. So if you take out fifty thousand in one year, that fifty thousand's added onto your other income. It's going to push you probably from a twelve percent tax bracket to a twenty two percent tax bracket. So you're just giving ten percent more to the federal government for no reason, and it can go as high as thirty six percent, a little higher than that. Um, oh my. Of, okay. Right. So it's really important that we're uh, that we don't take too much. I I think I think I would I'd refinance the home into a thirty year fixed rate uh, and put the fifty thousand dollars on the home. Oh. Okay. So what, and then look at it. Then then ten years from now, look at a reverse mortgage. And that's exactly where I was. That's exactly what I was thinking. If you needed the money, you could always go to the reverse mortgage. That way, you're going to get your payments down to three or four hundred dollars a month. You're going to create much more liquidity um, for you on a monthly basis. And you know, you get a thirty-year mortgage. Maybe you live longer than the mortgage, or maybe you don't, and your kids inherit less because there's a little bit of the mortgage on the house. Who cares, right? And so the (laughs) the cost of money is relatively low right now, relative. I would make sure that there were no prepayment penalties on any of these auto loans or RV loans or any of that. Uh, But I would, I would go to the broker or bank and just refinance this and all the other sort of miscellaneous debt into a home loan. Now, by my nature, I hate seeing home equity used to pay off consumer debt, but we're at a stage now 63 and 65, you're retired uh, with yep. a limited amount of income, and we're trying to figure out how do we uh, get that done. With, give, yeah. give you some, <laughs> make sure your lifestyle is okay at this stage. And and look, you're, yes. you're still relatively young, <clears throat> and I'm assuming in in, in okay health. Um, yes. And both those things will change over time, right? That's just reality, part of living. She could do yeah. a reverse mortgage yeah. now, but I wouldn't recommend it. I would not as well. Yeah. Because it's kind of the last trip to the well. Uh, yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah. Well, the problem is you do yeah. a reverse mortgage, you take out more cash than you need, you spend it all, and then then what options do you have? Yeah. Yeah, something else happens. You yeah. have nothing. Yeah. Yes. So just do a 30-year fixed rate uh, and combine, refinance the first, add all that debt together, take only that amount out, do it, and then don't prepay anything just make the minimum payments for the 30 years in fact if they would lend you the money for 50 years i'd borrow it for 50 years but oh. most of them are the only 30 years they <laughs> yeah. did talk about a 40-year yeah. mortgage yeah. for a period yeah. of time and about I never a 100-year mortgage well they have had 100-year bonds which was always 
A hundred years. A hundred year bonds, which is really perplexing to me. Yeah. Anyway, we uh, we wish you well, Diana. Good luck uh, with everything. Let's uh, continue on with calls. 833-99-WORTH. We are with Paul. Paul, you're with Allworth's Funny Matters. <clears throat> Allworth's Money Matters. Hello, Paul. Yes, hi. How you guys doing? Wonderful. All right. My, my question is a little bit different. I'm not necessarily talking about investing for me in the sense that I, I teach high school, and we have you – know, I teach finance, uh, elements of finance. We have what we call Financial Friday, and we talk about different things. And, yeah, you know, I've always talked about um, the investment pyramid and you know, how you need to start strong, low, and then you build up the speculative investments. But the, these kids nowadays are so excited about cryptocurrency and even the NFTs. And I was just curious, you know, where you guys, how you guys go about investing your client, or um, I should say advising your clients, because they're all excited. They see these athletes taking their contracts in cryptocurrency, and uh, they want to get involved with it. And I've even had some, you know, with these new brokerage firms that are opening up that have the commission-free trading. When they're 18, they're opening up their own. Their parents are opening them up for them. And, yep. Um, I'm just curious with what, how you guys advise your clients on these non-traditional investments like the nfts and the cryptocurrency and, you know what, what i would tell my students because yeah, i talked to them about the speculative nature of it but they're excited about it so uh, so paul um, by the time high school students are getting excited about a quote-unquote investment that it's alone should be a red flag um so so paul uh, i agree i have four uh i have four children between the ages of 21 and 26 two of the my boys they do the meme stocks, they do the cryptos, um, but they haven't gotten into the NFTs yet. And as I, I always say, listen, I, do, I have a hard time understanding the value of an NFT. Uh, it, I mean, we can make up anything and pretend like it's of some value. And as long as other people think it's valuable. So <clears throat> I actually, I don't discourage it and I don't encourage it. Because I think there's nothing better than an 18-year-old to take the last $500 on earth and lose it in a bad investment. Uh-huh. I think that is a great <laughs> learning experience. Uh, no, and I couldn't agree more. And I, I talked about that. It's interesting because we do one of those online uh, <clears throat> stock market games just because the students enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of something to break things up. But And, and, and um, you've been doing it long enough to I see – you've been doing it long enough to see that – People get confused between a bull market and brains, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Because you've had times where the, during the semester the stock market's way up, everyone's making money. They think they're brilliant. You've had other times where that semester the stock market's down, and everyone thinks that they're, they're terrible at investing. So, and so, what do you oh, do? Yeah. What do and, you do with them, Paul? Well, we well each each Friday we look at different types of investments. We also look at credit. I call it Financial Friday. And Good for you. We go over just some. Uh, yeah, because I well, I think it's important, and, yeah, we, and we talk get about. Obviously, I emphasize the time value of money, and and we, you know, I emphasize the pyramid. First, I show them the food pyramid because they understand that kind of. Thing. And we talk about the financial pyramid and and how you need to cover your base. And I, I explain that to them because we go right into that game, and obviously, you know, individual stocks are towards the top of the pyramid. So I said, you know, before you do this, when, when after you. You know, this is not even this is not even the realm of stock. At least there, you're an ownership of a company that exactly. tr- at least tries but to produce goods and services that somebody will give money to it. So there's a potential Correct. for profit. When you're talking about and that, yeah, uh, some sorry, a digital coin that at only it has no intrinsic value other than what some other human being is going to say it's worth. Yeah, it no, reminds I me of the tulip bubble, and back in the uh, what 16th century, man, what was that? Tulip, <laughs> uh, one tulip might be two years worth of wages. They so, just kept going up and up yeah, and up, and but, everyone was clamoring. You got to have it. Everyone's, everyone's getting rich off the tulips. But but Paul, just you're obviously we believe you're teaching the right things. I I see it as relatively encouraging. I like my my boys to lose money yeah, on yeah, these yeah. speculative investments. I'd prefer they do it when they're young and young poor. and poor than when they're fifty. Because I've seen it with 50-year-olds that have said, or you know. Or 55, or well, 60, 60, or 65. I saw a guy actually wipe out his whole retirement uh, right before the real estate uh, uh, bust. Yeah. And by the way. Wow. So we're a local California firm 
the the gentleman on the phone, I recognize his voice. I went to high school with him. He is a basketball like coach, <laughs> right? Am I, it's amazing how uh, voices are unique. Anytime somebody I know. Yeah. Like, it, 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 is that correct, Paul? Is this correct? Yes, it is, Pat. How you doing? <laughs> good. good. How's your and, – and you brought your basketball team to state or last year? It was the year before? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, last, two, about three years ago was the last time. Oh, good for yeah, you. So uh, you know what? I, if I were you, and you're actually concerned about this, I would uh, I'd spend one of those days on the on the tulip craze, or the railroads. What happened in the railroads? I'd look at some historical examples how an entire society believed this was the right thing, and uh, most people uh, the, their life savings got wiped out. Everyone got crazy over it. That's that. If if that's what you want to try to teach them, I'd teach them that, and then they could decide for themselves if they think, oh, it's different this time. That's an excellent point. Um, it's an excellent point. I remember you and I gave a a big talk to a Rotary Club in 1999 or 1998, right before the the tech boom, and we actually covered the tulip yes. craze. Yeah, people thought we were idiots. Yeah, because we we're talking. Well, about, they might still believe that. Yeah, there might, there's some probably some truth in parts of our <laughs> life. So let's go to uh, Phoenix and talk to Harmon. Harmon, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Thank you for taking my call, gentlemen. Thank um, you. Two questions that are kind of tied together. Is it appropriate to estimate uh, our lifetime Social Security payments and count that as a percentage of cash towards my portfolio allocation? For what? And part two, go ahead. Go ahead and give us part two then. Part two is, is it appropriate to base my allocation on my 36-year-old disabled daughter rather than my 66-year-old self? Those are both yeah. excellent questions. <laughs> the, to, so let's take them in. I'm going to take the second one first because that's an easier one. Uh, assuming you're not going to spend your dollars in your lifetime or whatever portion of your dollars you don't believe you will need, then it's, I would argue that it's, it's the right thing to do to view this as a long-term investment. And I will give you an example. Um, we have a client relatively well off. Uh, we took his account and split it in two and said, basically, these dollars are going to be dollars that you're gifting to your children while you're alive and will be inherited. And we will treat those dollars on an allocation based at the lifespan or the age of those children. So a hundred percent of those dollars are in equities. And then the portfolio that this client and his wife live off is 60% equities and 40% bonds and cash. And he psychologically has been able to manage it really well by not even looking at the statements that are 100% equities because he knows he doesn't care what it does this year or next year. He wants to know what it's going to be like in 20 and 25 years. And it psychologically, it absolutely works for him. So now the follow-up to that, though, is you're 66, correct? Correct. And it, it sounds like you want to make sure you've got some dollars set aside for your 36-year-old disabled daughter, right? Yes. So the question I would have is, is what provisions would be made if you were to die today? Well, we have a will. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Do you have a special needs trust inside the will or trust? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, then, but and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm stating this is because if she is suddenly going to be, if you die today and she's relying upon this portfolio today or there's a chance for today, that's going to be a little bit different than... But you would assume there would be other money outside that portion that's going to the daughter. I don't know the answer to that. Well, because you don't know the situation well enough. That's right. <laughs> but that's what you need to like consider. I mean, if you've got a pension now or something like that, you've got other cash flow streams that are helping. And are, are, you, are you providing some financial support to her today? Um. Partly, I, we have a home that she lives in, and then she's on disability. So it's you're right, guys. When you have a disabled um, uh, uh, child, it's very difficult. It's very. Yeah, I've, very got, I, 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 I've got a sister who has um, two of her. She has nine children, <laughs> uh, and two of her kids have disabilities. And one, they had they built a very small home on their property. 
Uh, and it's when you look at trying to figure out retirement and all those other things, it is a completely different realm than if it's just thinking about yourself. So the idea that, so the answer to your question is yes, it's absolutely appropriate to have a more aggressive portfolio based upon the age of yes. a disabled child or any child for that matter, depending upon that child's life expectancy. Now we'll go to the first question, which is social security. Um, you can do it that way. So what you're doing is you're, you're looking at as social security as a bond portion of the portfolio. Um, there's nothing how wrong. much how much income are you pulling income from your investments today? No. Uh, my wife and I are both fully employed. Oh, you're still working. And when do you plan on retiring? Uh probably at seventy. How old did you say you were? Sixty six? Sixty six. And how much money do you have in savings in retirement plans, everything, investable assets? Uh, about one point three. And how much is your equity exposure now? About 100%. And is your home paid for? Uh, very close. You're right. Good very for you. close. Good we for have you. about 72000 left to pay on it. And will you be receiving a pension in retirement? Only um, uh, our investments in our floral. 3B okay. as well as uh, Social Security. Your allocation. And you're not taking Social Security now, or, or you are? No, I am not. Okay. Your I'm allocation is a little heavy. Wait till 70. Your, your allocation is well, a little heavy. I, I don't understand the difference between risk and volatility because as I look at the chart going all the way back to 1929, all I see is volatility. Um, That's great. It, 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 correct. It's, right. There always been, it's, there's short term declines followed by new highs. Going forward, that's what's happened historically, right? If, if, going back as far as you can see, totally agree with you. The reality is, though, in three years from now, if you want to retire, you're going to need some income from your savings. Is that right? Um, yes, and and that's why I have chosen uh, uh, mostly dividend paying, even though dividends can go away. They're mostly dividend. Uh, um, um, uh, big companies. Well, that may be costing you. It could be. Yeah, that that, that may be costing you for, over the long run, um, because yeah. the, the dividend stocks have a tendency to be more value stocks. And if you look at the value versus growth stocks, especially over the last ten years, they value has finally come back in the favor over the last year, but not to any large degree. So that 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 investment strategy. Um, it may be flawed in the long run. Okay, and like, maybe maybe you're comfortable having a really high equity exposure. What, what, the problem is when we involve people. And if you're at a point where you're like, look, if the 1.3 drops to 650 next week or next year, like, so what? I don't. That's not going to bother me. I'm going to keep living my life. If that is truly you, then the only thing I'd say is make sure you you can plan so you've got at least five years worth of income. But Scott. You know this as well it, as I do. It is. People that are working versus retiring are two different people. That's correct. If you were in my office today with any one of our advisors, we would we'd run a risk analysis on there and show you what it what where the portfolio would end up if the market fell by 10, 20, 30% interest rates went up by 2%, 3%, whatever the number is. But at the end of the day, we would end up trying to put the portfolio probably closer to an 80-20. At most. At most. Yeah. At most. Well, that's why I was looking at trying to understand if uh, future Social Security payments. That's, that's just an academic exercise. That means yeah, understand that. You can, if, if psychologically, yeah. if it makes you feel better, then go through that exercise. If it was a pension, I'd feel better. If you had more money, it wouldn't matter and look, as much. To Pat's point, psychological, that's where, and we started the show, you mentioned something about that. They're, they're like, so we've lived through some bear markets, right? I remember during the financial crisis, when the markets fell, S&P fell, what, almost 55% during that time? Even if you were highly diversified, the portfolios stung quite a bit. Those that were uh, had some other assets outside of stocks tended to be less concerned. Matter of fact, people would think, oh my gosh, like, I need to get out. And then they'd realize, oh, wait, 
my life savings not all in stocks. I have 300000 that's not in stocks, or they didn't quite understand because they had ETFs or mutual funds. When they can figure out how much that wasn't tied to equity, it was comforting to them. And those that had their homes paid off, also very comforting to them and could be able to withstand. My concern, to be totally transparent, is you've got 100% in equities, and we, you, we have another prolonged bear market. It's not the fact that I'm not worried about you being able to survive uh, financially. I'm more worried about you throwing in the towel at the but, wrong time. But, Scott, I would make the, the, the thesis, if we went back and looked at his portfolio, if he had a 75-25 mix of a well-balanced portfolio, forget the value that he owns now, he probably would have done better with that than a 100% value large and, cap. Yes, I, that's probably right. Right? So... By 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 limiting to Pat's point by by limiting you, you the might have, you probably classes. you might have had a better return with a diversified not 100 percent stocks if your stocks were more diversified, diversified against different growth value um, mid small so quite frankly you 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 would benefit from a quality financial advisor especially so many the advice yeah especially I, I mean especially if you have a 36 year old daughter there yeah. are some advisors who. There's some advisors who wouldn't take you on as a client if you wouldn't be 100% in stocks in this situation. If you had a big fat pension, you'd be in a different situation, but you're not. You don't. So um, you call for our, our opinion. That's our opinion on it. And look, I think you're, you're at a point. There's lots of ways you can structure things. You continue to work till 70 to make sure you got your maximum Social Security. I think that's great. Your homes, you don't have much of a mortgage on your house. That's great. You should be able to have a fine retirement. What we try to look at is probabilities of outcome. What are those things that we can do to give us the highest probability of success in retirement? And part of that means having things structured in such a manner that we don't go backwards on our standard of living. Most people in retire, retirement are more interested in not being poor than they are in being rich. You're not rich, whatever that means. Whatever that means. By the time you retire, you're not going to get rich in retirement. But what you want to do is protect the assets in such a manner that you can still keep up with inflation, maybe have some nominal growth, but you're not going significantly backwards over a period of time. Yeah. And that's, and that's what, really, and frankly, in a situation like Harmon we're just speaking to, the difference by having a little more diversification in the portfolio, just reduce, matter of fact, if you just kind of graph the numbers, even 20% in the bond portfolio, you're going to have very similar return, not quite but with substantially less risk in the portfolio. So um, anyway, it's, I think we're out of time. My gosh, we're out of time. It's been great being with you. Uh, thanks for joining us for All Worth Money Matters, and uh, we'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.